Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rob, and I'm back with episode number 248 of Shut Up and Grind. This is all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and helping you clear the path to whatever is blocking you from what you want to get out of life. So if you are brand new to the channel, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and give this a share because you're going to want to share this information with your circle. Because what we do here is we share stories from guests all over the world. And it's all about you. It's all about you. So yes, I share my stories. My guest shares their stories. But it's to inspire you to take action on that one thing that you really, really want to do in this life. We only got one shot. But fortunately, we have every day to take a new shot. See, it's all about how you reframe. If you join me over on Facebook, please like and share. You can feel free to ask questions if you're joining me on the live stream. If you join me on the podcast platforms later on, you know, you can leave comments there as well. And I will respond to all of them because the purpose of doing this is to interact with the audience. So if you guys have questions, don't hesitate to ask. So again, today we're going to talk about how to focus and refocus your life lens. And before I bring on my guest, she has this saying on her website that I'm going to read, and it's actually on the thumbnail too, but it says, you can do a mini or maximum life do-over at any point in your business or personal life if you are willing to change directions. You will never regret trying. You will always regret never making the attempt. So let's meet the person who said those words. This is Amy Rose Herrick. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be here. I've been looking forward to this because I have never heard one of your conversations that has not been extremely interesting. And, and so this is this is a real privilege to be with you today, Robert. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's like people ask me, you know, who was your favorite guest? And it's like, I honestly don't have one. <laughs> it's like every single show, you know, we tackle overcoming obstacles to find the odds from a completely different angle. And this is the 248th episode, you know, and it still doesn't get redundant. You know, it's like I meet people from all over. I, I interviewed Japan's richest man. I've interviewed a Playboy centerfold. I've interviewed professional athletes. You know what I mean? Everyone's got a story. So I'm, I'm glad, glad to hear that. Sorry, I tripped myself up when I'm putting a live stream on here. Yeah, you know, and, and something that I just heard in what you said is yes. you may not be thinking about it, but I'm looking at it going, hurrah, you know, you are halfway to 500 episodes. You're almost there. Yeah. That's yes. huge. That's Absolutely. huge. Absolutely. Who would have thought, too, because this this started out just as like something, something for fun, <laughs> you know. And as I mentioned before we went live, I'm being interviewed on a TV station in Australia about the power of of storytelling so it's like who would have who would have thought this would have turned all international and stuff <laughs> so speaking of international so you're in the caribbean yes i live on saint croix in the u.s virgin islands relocated here about 11 years ago and that was part of my own life do-over okay so so take it take me through it how'd you land over there well, the short story is that uh, we were in church, my husband and I, and my pastor had a word of knowledge. And I got to tell you, folks, it's nothing I had ever experienced. And when he was finished, I looked at my husband and I said, we're going to be living somewhere with a beach by the end of the year. That's pretty preposterous when you've lived in Kansas all of your life. Uh, and within six months, things started happening. It made absolutely no sense. But we put a house up for sale. and It was sold before it was even listed. Wow. So many things happened. And I kept 
questioning is like, you know, if we're really supposed to do this, I need, and it would happen within minutes or within a day. We've moved here and we have known since we landed, this is where we were supposed to be. And folks, I want to put this in a perspective for you. When we moved here, we moved here with four school age kids, the family dog in a van stripped all of our possessions down to five pallets, which included my office. We didn't have friends here. We didn't have family here. We didn't have jobs waiting. We really started over. And uh, it, it's been quite a ride, but it's been great. How did you get the courage to make that decision? As you mentioned that, one of the things is that I detailed it, and we talked a little bit about this before. This is the book called Pack Faith First, Suitcases Second. It's up for sale. And I basically, every step, I packed faith and then everything after that stepped in line because I truly believe when anybody's on a life journey and folks, this is not about religion. So please don't misunderstand me. Everybody has a faith, whether whatever your faith is. But when you start taking a step with faith, you will take the next step. And it's the same in your life. You know, if you, you're considering a mate with faith, you ask them out. And then with faith, you go on another one. I mean, there are steps in your life that are really faith-based, but you may not think of them that way. And if you knew the whole journey, you may not take the first or second step. Faith takes you to the next one. Does that make sense? It makes it makes total sense because I, I talk about that all the time. Because anytime you mention like faith or spirituality, people immediately take it to religion. No. And, and I was like, so for the people whose faith brings them to religion, more power to them. But you got to have a belief in something bigger than yourself. And just like for, for me, when my alarm goes off at 4, 420 every morning, I mean, I'm not doing backflips about being up that early. But I have a tribe of people at my gym depending on me. So it's like I have I, like my faith is in that. Like I am servicing these people. And I, I, they believe in my services. You know, they have faith in me. And that's, those are the things that, that move you when, when it's bigger than just you. Yes. And you demonstrated faith by setting the alarm at 420, expecting to be there to get up. Yes. So, so throughout your day and throughout your life, I believe people demonstrate acts of faith. They just may not always think about it. We talk about Christmas. We talk about a vacation. We talk about whatever. There's faith in every step of your life at different levels. You just don't always see it that way. Exactly. So now going back to the saying that I read earlier, mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're speaking with someone or just even now here on this platform, there's people out there who feel stuck. You know, they feel stuck. They think it is what it is. That ship has sailed. You know, how, how do you start to, to crack the shell of people with that mindset? Well, on my bathroom wall in Kansas for years, I had hand painted up there a quote that's attributed to Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the ones you did. Throw off the bow line, sail away from the safe harbor, explore, dream, discover. So I was already planting seeds for the mindset that I was willing to do something different. And with a lot of people, I'm going to zero in real quick since we're kind of framing this on the change your life focus. Most of you all have a cell phone that takes pictures. This is what we do now. 
you know, I can pick that up and I have a choice of whether I want to do a long or zoom. I have a choice on what I'm going to frame in the picture. And in many cases, you are so focused on a certain picture that you have put in the frame of even your phone that if you were to zoom out or if I change my phone even from this to this, I have a different perspective. And you know, if I moved my phone over just a little bit, I have completely changed the focus of the frame. And when you get in your life or your career or whatever it is that you're stuck with, sometimes I think you have frozen the frame and you just need to either um, go to a little larger picture Maybe you're so concentrated on a detail. Like we all know how tiny an ant is. If I zero in on an ant on a sidewalk versus the long view of being able to see the next three blocks, <laughs> it's a very different view. And I think sometimes people don't give themselves permission to change the perspective on their framing. So I'll give it to you. You have permission. <laughs> to see a different perspective or to see a different view. Yes. See, I deal with that in, in the gym a lot as well. We do a lot of like Spartan races and Tough Mudder races, you know, where there's monkey bars and there's rings and stuff. And so one of the number one complaints that a lot of women come to me with is a lack of upper body strength. So what, as we start doing these obstacles, it's always like, oh, I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm like, you keep telling yourself you're not strong enough. Like that's, that's the problem. So I can teach you the technique. The belief has to come from you. It's like, once you, once I teach you how to lock in on the rope, you have to take over and climb it. And so many people have done things that they didn't think they were capable of because of the story that they created in their mind ahead of time. Yes. Like, like I have this kettlebell. It looks like it's big and super heavy, but it's not. And so I, I'll tell people just, just to prove, to illustrate my point. I'm like, pick that kettlebell up. Oh, that's too heavy. I don't want to hurt my back. Like you didn't even attempt to lift it. It's like, you just took one look and defeated yourself. Then they go to pick it up. They're like, oh my God. I was like, see, it's like, you already had what you needed to move that. And, and I feel like that's what people do in life. It's like, oh, I hate my job, but if I quit, you know, what am I going to do about benefits? You know, we have the kids and we got the mortgage to pay for. And I think about all the negative ramifications. But what if you step into your power and your passion? And because I always tell, tell people, don't chase money, chase passion. You chase that passion, money finds you. Yeah. And, well, let me ask this, Robert. Did anybody tell you, you can't do a podcast? Yes. What do you, what, who do you think is going to listen to you? There is always somebody who is going to tell you what you cannot do. Yep. That does not mean that they're right. Yeah. I was told I was told by a speaker coach, if if I show up to speak in a tank top, no one's gonna take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And okay. I've been on I've, I've been on TV, I've been in a couple hundred publications now, and said in uh, closing in on 250 podcast episodes. I've been on probably 75 other podcasts, if not more than that, showed up just like this every single time, slayed it every single time. And But you showed up as who you are, yes. where you are right now. Yes. And so when you're so it, going back to some of that, refocus your lens on whatever. Don't let anybody put your perspective on you. You're unique. 
let, let me give you a little deal. Uh, you hadn't, we, we talked a little bit. Robert was supposed to ask me, but I'm going to jump ahead about yeah, no. introduce myself. Who do I think I'm Robert, you have met a wizard. I am a wizard. And the reason that I am a wizard is because I can create something out of nothing on demand with whatever I have on hand. Love it. And I think every one of us has that ability to look at what your resources, your talents, you know, what is around you, what is your timeline. All of us have the ability to have wizard qualities, yeah. but it doesn't mean you always take the time to do it. So my kids have affectionately called me the wizard for years because I, I <laughs> folks, I've had uh, six children, so I've had a large family. And trust me, you get a lot of, what do you mean you're supposed to take that with you? You didn't tell me that. Or we need to just, oh, no problem. Oh, we have four extra kids spending the night tonight. No problem. We can handle bedding and everything. You know, wizard, what can you create on demand? If you, Robert, have you ever walked in your kitchen and started looking around and said, what's food going to be today? I spent 20, I spent 20 years in the restaurant in, industry. So I'm constantly creating with, with food constantly. My yeah. daughter too. So think about, you know, not only on doing some of the life do-overs and changes, you can be a wizard in your own life yes. and I'll give you permission to do it. You can do that. Love it. So I did a panel on this past Saturday and at the end of that, one of the panelists reached out to me about a speaking engagement next month that she has mm -hmm. like around 850 tutors that she wants me to, to speak to about the power of storytelling. And I love it because you get, you get, all these big name people, you know, and people get so blinded by the big name people that they kind of shrink themselves. And I'll admit, I did it myself when I first started this, thinking like people can get Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and all these former professional athletes and celebrities that have all these podcasts and like, who the hell's going to listen to me? You know, and, and we're heard in 46 different countries right now, 46. And that was just from getting started and being myself you know it's like i get up here um i'm a very i'm a very positive person kind of like how you said the wizard it's like my mindset is always how can we do this how can we do this mm -hmm. and i i teach that lesson in the in the obstacle races as well because people will will come up to one or like i'll come up to a new one and be like how how am i going to navigate this and i'm figuring out how whereas other people come up and be like that's not happening well, let me and let me tell you a funny story. I was teaching some classes for um, Interize, which was for business owners. Anyway, I always went into class. I did it on contract because I was interested in that particular topic and building up business owners. And when I came into classes, I always had what I refer to as my plan A is that everything is going to go according to plan. I live in the Caribbean. We have power outages and things happen. So my plan B was always going to be I showed up with two cell phones. So if the lights went out in the interior room of the building at night, I would have that. My third backup plan was that I would take the chairs out in the parking lot and we would finish class in front of headlights. That's that was my plan. I like it. The hysterical thing was we were in class. You knew the power went out. But let me add to you, the person who was there to... Um, grade me in essence and write down, you know, my skill set and whether I would get a contract again or not happened to be at that meeting. Isn't that convenient that Love this that. is what you're going to be judged on? It's like, okay, nobody move. <laughs> 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 my cell phones, 
you know, grab it. We're going to do this. I said, I know that we've got, you know, an hour and a half left of class. We're going to go as far as we can. I got to change the exercises because I can't have you walking around the room. I'm going to let you know if my battery goes down to this, we're going to go out to the parking lot and we're going to set in front of the headlights. I've already parked my car and made sure that we could have class in front of that. I got an excellent score because we, we ended up that we had to go. We were about ready to go out to the parking lot, but I was able to finish the class up enough and, and rearrange the exercises because then we couldn't stand up and walk around like we were doing. So when you walk into it, to me, part of your resiliency and part of who you are and being able to do it is if everything goes great, cinch. What's my weakness? What is my backup plan? What is my weakness to that weakness? And usually if you have two or three or four backup plans, it doesn't matter what hits you. Yeah. You just flow into the next one. And not only are you still able to be, I will say, in command of the room or command of the situation, but the stress level, oh, I got this. Yeah, it's not what I planned. I got this. Yep. So, you know, those kind of things really make a difference, too, on that focus. And it, and it all comes back to that focus. Your focus is here. But if we got to change the perspective a little, in my case, it was losing power. And we did. What am I going to how am I going to refocus? And you all have a chance to do that. But sometimes it's a, a mindset. You need to train yourself to do that. I call it keep your eye on the prize. If your eye is on the prize, you figure out ways to get it done. I actually had a conversation with someone at, at the gym about this last night, talking about time. And I was like, I, I run my own fitness classes. I manage an anytime fitness. I have five children. I have this podcast, which I have to create graphics for, e- emailing back and forth with them, um, with the guests. And I speak on other platforms and other outlets, I go back to the gym, somewhere in there, I have to do food shopping, I have to do how laundry, how chores, I mean, you know, my kids are getting old, older now. So they, so they help out with a lot of that stuff, too. I said, and I still have to train myself because I do obstacle mm-hmm. races, I hike, I compete in track and field. And I didn't this past summer, but I, I played in a softball and a volleyball league. So I'm getting all of that stuff done. And I still find time to do the things that I want to do because the eye is on the prize. So say if I have a packed day and I have back-to-back-to-back appointments and consultations, and if I have a 15-minute gap, that's when I work out. You know, I don't say, oh, I only have 15 minutes, so why bother? No, I have 15 minutes. How am I going to maximize this? And I go and I crush myself for 15 minutes. Well, in saying that, do you have a VA yet? I have three. Because one of the other things that I, and I have an excellent resource, anybody who is looking for superior trained VAs that also have been integrated with a lot of the Tony Robbins principles, you mentioned him earlier, I have that resource, you know, check, by all means, reach out. But having a VA on some of the things that you do that you can pass off so that you can leverage your time affordably, that's the key enables you to do those things that you want to do because you're not spending that time on things you shouldn't be doing. And I see some people fall into that trap too. Uh, Everybody you have get to assign a value to your time. I don't care what your value to your time is, but you can do it. But the question sometimes is, should you be doing it? 
Mm. So there is a lot of things that we add to our plate and they take away the time to do the things you'd really like to do. And if I said that my time, I like round numbers. If I said my time was worth $100 an hour, it's easy. And this project's going to cost me five hours of my time that I can't do something I want and is worth at least $500 of my time. If I sell my time for more than that, you know, the the multiple even goes up. I could look at that and go, you know, I could pay somebody $300 to do that. I get to keep my weekend. (laughs) The job (laughs) is done. Wow. Why am I spending five hours of my time doing this? And some of us that are very talented, and I know some of you listening are, you're very talented. You've got a lot of really great skills, but some of those talents, we should let somebody else do them so that you can do what you want to do, not that project. Yes. And so you can do what you do best. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. I, like I, I, I struggle with that because, you know, I had I had some issues with business partners in the past. So like I, I grew some trust issues in there, which I'm, I'm slowly starting to realize, you know, I need to to, to go where I want to go. I, I won't be able to do it all alone. So no. I, I get that. So I, I understand that. So I should talk to you about that, that VA well, stuff, because I and, definitely and, need one. Yeah, think about it. Some people have a full-time VA. Some people have part-time VAs, and they have a couple of them. I'm just going to, you know, your listening audience is, is very broad here. What if you had somebody that was your VA, and all they worked on was your marketing pieces, and if you do PowerPoints? They handle all of it. You give them the words, and they make it beautiful and pretty. You don't have to do it. You know, what if you had somebody who did nothing but proofreading? That's all they do. You know, I'm just saying, uh, in your case, what if this person, the only thing that they do for you is your editing, your sizzle reels. um, They're also doing the, the Instagram pieces or whatever. What if they took all of that off of your hands after you've really nailed them down on what you want them to do? What would that allow you to do? Yeah, that would be huge. (laughs) Absolutely huge. Don't think you have to have them 40 hours. You may need a team of VAs that are for specific tasks and they have a couple hours, a couple hours here, whatever, but it adds up to exactly the uh, support structure that you need. Yes. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds great. (laughs) You know, so it's exactly, exactly what I need. So, so let's, so let's get back to, to the, to the the subject at hand. So how to focus and re, refocus your life lens. What's what, one of the biggest things you hear people saying that they're struggling with in that regard? Oh, time. People do not have enough time and people do not have enough money. It, it will always come back to those two things. Well, I would love to do that, but I don't have enough money to do that. Okay, well, we need to back up. Let me address the money side for a second. Well, let's look at where the money's actually going. In a lot of cases, I have individuals that when we look at it, and, and it isn't always just spending, but what is your debt structure like? You know, are you paying too much interest on your car loans, your credit cards, or whatever? So that if we were to restructure your debt a little bit differently, we could free up a couple of grand a year. That's not so hard. Um, if I can get you to quit using debit cards and a few other things and to put everything on a credit card where you get a 2% cash back, gee, how hard is that? And quit paying cash for things. You know, how hard is that? 
And then at the same time, we could create the 2% cash back. So maybe that gives you a grand or a couple of grand a year. You know, what can we do? Um, are you paying for a bunch of subscriptions that, you know, you really don't use, but they're just on auto renew. So I don't deal with it. So sometimes the money issue is that you've never really had anybody sit down and figure out where the money's going that you could reposition and have the funds to do what you need to do. So that sometimes is dealing with the money side, even little things like, let me throw this one out. Most of you pay for insurance. You have car insurance, you have life insurance, you might have disability, you have homeowner's insurance. If we can get you on a track where you're paying it annually instead of monthly or quarterly, I can usually cut the cost three to 8%. You don't have to change your carrier. You don't even have to change the coverage, but that's money you get to keep. So there's a lot of different things that added together can give you the money that you don't have. When we go to the time, which is what people are talking about, you know, sometimes it's a VA and some of you are going like, well, I don't really think I, you know, I'm, I'm a W2. I, that doesn't matter. What do you have that you have somebody that you could pass off? Maybe your VA works on lawn work. Maybe your VA, you know, does something else that really makes the world better. Probably the one of the most unique one was a colleague that I had. They hired a mom. They hired and called her mom because they were both trying to do some things professionally. The kids had soccer. They had the vet dog that has to go to the vet. They had things. They gave mom and mom took care of the laundry. Mom kept her the groceries. She had dinner cooked certain nights of the week. She would take the kids to the event. So the parents just needed to show up. They didn't have to do all of the extra driving. Mm -hmm. And their solution was basically to hire a mom that filled in for parts of their personal life. To me, that's a, that's a VA. Yeah. Virtual assistant. What do you need? So I think that creating the time is letting go, changing the focus of the things you have to do. And then on the money side, how do we rearrange the pieces so that money serves you, you quit serving it. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I always say people, people pay for what they want easily, they, but they struggle with paying for what they need. Yeah. Well, they have a saying here in the Caribbean about that. Yeah. You live in what you want. You go beg what you need. Mm. So that means that you go out and you get whatever it is you want. But when the rent, utilities, car payment, whatever, tires, then you go beg off of your family or someone else to help you pay for it. But you already had what you want. Yeah. But you're going to go beg other people for what you need. You yeah. just... It doesn't work. It may work once or twice, but after that, people figure out that they're not taking their money to help you get what you need. You got what you want. I want what I want. I'll spend my money on what I would like, not yours. <laughs> it's so true. I just chuckle because, yeah, you're right. That's spot on. <laughs> That's right. So you get what you want and you go beg what you need. Mm. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. All right. So, when did you, so what inspired you to write the first book that you wrote? It's not the first book that I have written. I have oh. written other books, but the story um, that was the number one bestseller that, that I held up, The Pack Faith First, that came about because I was nearing the 10-year anniversary. And I'd had people throughout the time who had said, Amy, some of the parts of this are so incredible. You ought to write it down. And so I hooked up with a friend of mine. Um, she's out of Canada, 
fabulous gal. Her name is Kelly Farlado. I'd highly recommend her. I went through one of her real quick classes and in six weeks that book was done. And then as far as the writing part, and then it took us just a few more weeks to do the cover design and to do the editing and to do the layout and get it up. And I was absolutely astounded. Uh, Kelly is fabulous. She helped me out. I believe in all of us. You, you need somebody to help you. I ended up being a number one bestseller in the first day. And you guys will laugh. I hadn't even told my husband I had done it because I ordered my copies. And I was thinking that I would get the copies and I'd say, hey, honey, look, this is a surprise. And what? It went to number one. Things started to happen. And then I got an interview and I had to tell my husband, honey, you see, I wrote this book. And <laughs> I don't even have a copy of it yet to show you. But it's it made number one. And I thought I should tell you now because things are starting to happen. He's like, you did what? I Was that about our life? I said, yeah, honey, but it's okay. You, I didn't read it. I said, no. But it's okay. And and in that, I went through and I put several different, I will call them modern day miracles that happened to me and my family as a part of that process. And it's been uh, very well received. And it also leans towards that. Are you willing to do a life do over? And another illustration, because I like word pictures. We all have hands. You know, if you're not watching us on video, we all have hands. Do you know if I hang on to something? It is impossible for me to receive anything else because my hands aren't open. The moment I let it go, love it. I'm able to take something else. And that's exactly what has occurred over this time. It's been a very uh, deep learning experience in a lot of ways of how fast I'm gauging myself now as a measuring stick. I just had a, a garage sale. Everything that's not sold is being taken out today and given away. How fast are you willing to let go of things? Because the faster you learn to let go of things that are not serving you anymore, the quicker you're going to be able to receive those things that serve you, build you up, create new relationships. They, they enhance your life. But the harder you hang on to stuff, the less you're going to be able to receive. That's one of the really profound things that I have learned in part of all of the do-overs is how fast can I let go of something? Yes. And like going back to what you were saying earlier, you get what you focus on. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, there's no, there's no in between, you know, people talk about the law of attraction and some people say the law of attraction. Oh, I don't believe in that. It's like, doesn't matter if you believe in it, it happens. <laughs> Whatever you focus on is what comes to you. So mm -hmm. if you, if all you focus on are problems, guess what you're going to find? Lots and lots of problems. problems. <laughs> right? If all you focus on is any inequalities, you're going to see inequalities everywhere. But if you have a goal and you just focus all of your energies on getting to that goal, this is what I, I burn in, into my, my clients' brains at, at the gym. They're like, oh, I keep falling off track. I'm like, because you're not focused. It's like me, I don't fall off track because I'm focused. Like, it has nothing to do with I'm in the gym. Like, there, there are people who are in gyms who are not in shape. You know, it's like, but I'm focused on my gifts as, as an athlete. If I don't train, I mean, I'm 48 now. If I don't train, I'm going to lose the gifts. So it's like, I have to. I'm bought in. Most people, it's just an idea. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to have my own business. I'd like to lose 20 pounds or I'd like to get in, into those pants again. They're not mm -hmm. really convicted in their soul that 
I want this thing to happen. And when they reach that point to where they are, nothing will stop them. No. And one of the things that you are uh, from the personality side is you're a builder upper. And even if that person failed yesterday, say, oh, well, you know, I didn't. Fine. That's yesterday. We cannot change it. Now, what are you going to do today? You can choose to focus. You can choose if this is your goal. But you get to choose. Yeah. And I don't care what you did yesterday. We can't change yesterday. But I can change this afternoon. I can change tomorrow. I can even change next Wednesday if I want to. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. am not defined by what I did before. Because I don't buy that. And, and this Dang is not me. to step on anybody's toes. But let me, let me give you a couple of examples here. All of us were raised by people. You were an infant. You were born. You were raised. All right? I don't care how. Whatever the people who raised you or whatever the people around you did as behaviors or life patterns, when you moved out of the house and you became an adult, you got to choose whether you repeated those patterns or you started your own. Because I've seen people that have come out of uh, challenging situations with drugs, alcohol, abuse, incest, whatever, whatever it was. That is not the person that they are. And there are other people who have done the exact opposite. They came out of what you would think was a great home, but you look at them and go like, where did you, what happened here? Well, they made those choices. So it doesn't matter. Yes, there will be residual baggage on all of us from the way you grew up, good, bad, and different. Yes. But you get to choose how, how you are perceived and what your actions are. And you also get to choose what comes out of here. And you keep saying that. I can't, I won't. I went, you get to choose. And I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but you have the choice to change the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Going back to what I said earlier about when people defend, uh, not defend themselves, when people doubt themselves immediately with with the task. Just this morning, I had one of my personal training gals. I told her, I said, all right, I want push-ups. She's like, like on the floor. I was like, yeah. She goes, I can't do those. I said, not with that attitude, you can't. (laughs) <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me. She went down and, and she did three. It's like, were, were they perfect? No, but she did three, you know? And, and it's like, yeah, over time, as you get stronger, as you get more, more mobility in your shoulders and in your shoulder blades, you know, you'll be able to get lower and lower. Like, but you did three. I said, see, if you weren't here with, with me right now, you probably wouldn't have even attempted to do one. Yep. <laughs> you know, I said, so, so why am I believing in you more than you're believing in you? Yeah. And three is a successful number for you today. Yes, exactly. That's a successful number for you today. You are not that person across the room who does 500 of them because they have been training to do 500. Yes. That's not where you are. But three, three is a success because you started at zero that I can't. So yes. for me, zero to three, that's, that's huge. Yep. Love it. And what you were saying earlier, too, about not worrying about the past, especially I, I deal with this more with, say, people who are 50 and over. They always want to give me their used to story. And I keep telling them, like, that means nothing today. It means absolutely nothing. I was like, I need I know you right now. I met you right now. I care about today forward. So I don't care that you used to play college soccer or you used to run five miles a day. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You're not doing it now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? um, 
there's a really good quote. I may, it's by Kate Blanchett and Kate, if I butcher it, I am so sorry, but it goes along the lines of you have to accept where you are and embrace it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of my, one of my speeches, that's, that's the opening just about you just, you just have to accept today. Like right now, today, this is your starting point. And because when when you keep living in the past, you're robbing yourself of current focus. Because mm-hmm. now, because no matter what you do now, it's not going to be enough because you're worried about what you used to do. And you can't do that. Like at 48, when I get out on the basketball court, I can't slam dunk anymore. I used to be able to slam dunk at will. You know, I had a 44-inch vertical. I could jump right over people. Can't do that anymore. You know, I can't just go up and grab every rebound now. You know, I had to actually develop a shot. I had to develop a fadeaway and a hook shot. So so I'm still playing the sport that that I love. I just had to adapt with the times. So if I get out there and judge myself on 25-year-old Rob, I'll, I'll, I'll never be satisfied. No. And I heard the, I see, I heard the lens refocus. Okay. I can't go up and do the rebound. So I have come up with a new hook shot. Yes. You just refocused. No, I won't focus on that. I'll focus on perfecting this. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I, and I get out there now with the 25 year olds and I can hold my own, but, but I I used to be able to play for like five solid hours. Now I have to take a game off in between. You know, because even though I'm in shape, I mean, but the joints are still 48 years old. <laughs> you know, so. uh, yeah, gravity is still pulling. Uh, hey, I'm a little older than you are. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, it's an absolute surprise, and you've probably figured this out too. It's an absolute surprise that you are 48. I will tell you, folks, it's an absolute surprise that I am 60, and in a couple of weeks, I'll be 61. It's an absolute surprise because it has happened so very, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> the last, I don't know about your life, but the last 10 years, you know, look at the last, oh, that was 10 years ago. The stuff that really gets you is when you go back and go, that was 30 years ago. Yes. I don't think exactly. like I graduated way. 30 years ago. So I was like, wow. How did that happen? So I'm just, you listening audience, if you have not figured it out yet, I'm just going to tell you it's happening faster than you think. Yes. And so one one thing I say on almost every single episode is for the for, for the listeners, like if, if you're sitting on an idea, just start it. Right? Just 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 start. Like I didn't know what direction I was gonna go with this podcast. And even with speaking, like who am I gonna speak to? What, what am I gonna speak about? Do, am I gonna just speak about fitness? Am I gonna, you know, speak in schools? And you know, I, so I just started pitching places. And like, let's just see what comes back, you know. So I had a couple in schools. I had had a couple, couple with uh, colleges and universities. And I started speaking to a couple like corporate groups and at chambers of commerce. And like, doors just started opening once I got started. See, and I think people are so afraid that when you first start, you have nothing, <laughs> you know. So well, you have you know nothing f- financially coming from that idea. But it's like you have to start in order for the doors to open. Oh, yeah. The big catchphrase now is the imposter syndrome. Some of you are you are an expert in whatever your topic matter is. It does not matter that there are people that have degrees that you are going to be speaking to or they are older than you are or they have a more senior position than you do. 
you may have the knowledge base that everybody listening doesn't have. That's why you're there. And there's a really good old phrase about reach one, teach one. Somebody reached you and taught you and you learned a lot of things and perfected it. Well, once you have that, I think you have a responsibility. Now that you have got it, you have got to reach at least one and teach at least one. And that is how we're able to pass that knowledge, not just within your peer group, but I'm talking generational. Yes. Because the things within the generations, we don't want to lose some of those things just because they are not what you think you need to know today. Let me fill you in. Uh, Robert, did you learn how to tie your shoes in kindergarten? I did. Do you still know how to tie shoes? I do. Do you have to do it as often as you used to do it in kindergarten? No. It's still one of your skill sets that you can draw out at any time. So I really believe in that knowledge is power all across the board. And any knowledge that you can give and you can share is going to enrich and build someone up. That brings us all up every time. Um, I've never seen teaching and knowledge fail to bring people up. Now, when you discount a person, when you tear them down and you erode them, it brings everybody around you down. Everybody is, has a ripple effect. But bringing people up in knowledge and sharing, there is always, always an elevation of everybody that is impacted by that. See, I'm glad you said that, too, because another another part of one of my other speeches, too, is about whatever it is you want to tra- transition to career-wise, the answer is already there. It's it's something within you that you either thought about doing or that you worked somewhere and you had the thought, I, I could do this myself. You know, something along those lines. Like it's it's already there. It's already inside you. It's like p- people thinking, you know, maybe I should go back to school and do this and do that. And I'm not knocking going back going back, back to school. If people want to get further education, go ahead. I'm like, but you have something already inside of you that's already powerful. And the people that I've helped create stories and speeches and keynote addresses just as i'm sitting down with them picking i'm just plucking things out of their mind things that they long forgot about and i was like right there that is your money maker it's like so like you know focus whatever it is you want to do around that thing and it that will cost you nothing you can prepare a google doc send it to someone on fiverr to make it sexy and then you can list it for sale for 10 bucks <laughs> i was yeah. like and there you go. You have a stream of income. You got things. And and here, let me throw this out. Hey, all you entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs, before you start your endeavor, I want you to spend some time with the tax person so we get you started mm. on the right foot so that you don't do it wrong and it costs you a lot more time, money, and aggravation. It is take yes. the time and spend that. And coming up by the end of the year, there is a book that I'm putting out that I actually I'm ambitious. I have 12 that I'm going to be putting out in a new series. And we're at the point that we are doing the final editing and cover design and stuff. So I'm on the tail end. But one of them is entrepreneurial mistakes to avoid. Now, some of you, you're looking at whether you're going to do, you know, logos. What are you going to do here? What about a partner? You already mentioned that. Do I have that? What about protecting your income stream? How do I do agreements? All of these different things. And then it comes down to taxes and the places that I see people, they fail so miserably in the front end is like, you know what? If you would have done this before you did that, 
then we could have deducted all of this or, hey, that's going to cost you a lot more money. Let's do this. So budding entrepreneurs or those of you who have just gotten started, you got to spend that time there because on taxes, I'll tell you now, you will either spend or save tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in your life on taxes you should know. Now, do you want to spend the money on taxes you should know? Or do you want to save the money because you avoided taxes you didn't have to owe? I don't know if you've heard of Billy Jean. Well, his name is Bill, is Billy Shaw, but he, he goes by Billy Jean. He's a he's a marketer. He's like he's very very big in the digital marketing world. And I was on. I'm in his mastermind group that meets on Tuesdays. And so this was a couple of weeks ago. He had a tax professional on. I don't remember the guy's name but he gave a a great just a great breakdown of taxes and it was very entertaining too because you know tax can be kind of a dry dry subject but but like he he gave a great presentation and just some of the things that he broke down i was like wow and like completely blew my mind it's almost like that's the stuff that the government doesn't want you to know (laughs) you know so well you don't think about it and you know let's go back over the generations Rockefellers, Ford, Kennedy. Now what do we have? Kardashians. Look at the different ones. Do you think these people don't have advisors that help them retain as much of that wealth legally, morally, and ethically as possible? Of course. I don't care what your income level is. You have that same right. Judge Learned Hand has a really good quote about that, that we have, there is no um, obligation for you to pay more than the tax than the law allows. But if you don't know what that is, then you need to go somebody who does know the answer. And I have found in any situation when with working with my clients, whatever my fees are or whatever your advisor's fee are that work on it, they will multiply whatever they cost in the amount of tax savings that they can give you. And how much is that worth to you? Tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars over a lifetime. So, you know, invest in the knowledge that is going to further the ideals and the wants and the needs that you have. Don't throw your money away to taxes you should never pay. I'm going to have, have to have you back on just to talk about that. <laughs> no, that's I, would, whole- I would love to be a repeat guest because, again, that would... I know that you don't always offer that. So I would be delighted to come back for you. Awesome. Yeah. I think out of all the episodes, I think I mean, not, not including panels because the, the panels have, you know, guests who were on the show before, but uh, I think there's only been three repeats out of all the episodes. I want to say. So yeah, I would, I'm, I, I'm I would do that. Um, Folks, I have been around for over 30 years in the financial world. I had an investment practice. I sold that after 25 years. I have a boutique tax practice where I specialize with those who own rental properties because there's a difference between a cash cow and a black hole. even have a course on that. (laughs) Um, And so it's boutique. And then I have had insurance licensing because I do advisory and brokerage type services on that since, oh my gosh, 1991. Yeah. How many hours, years is that? Do the math. Chartered financial consultant, uh, author, enjoys speaking, um, you know, I've taught classes I do now for free ones for AARP and different things. 
So we all have a different life journey. It just so happens that my talents and life journey have really revolved around money and leveraging that resource. And that is a lot of things because it does, you know, like the day-to-day cash flow I talked about, not paying more interest than you need to, to not paying the taxes you don't owe to the estate distribution to, you know, all of those things are intertwined with money. And throughout my career, I started in collections of all things and then moved into office management, but it's given me a very wide berth from the corporate to the entrepreneur, which I've been for over 30 years and all the way through. So I look at things sometimes differently and I may be five steps ahead of you for what you just said, because I'm seeing what the ripple effects will be. Love it. And, and you need people like that on their, your team. Because those are the individuals who are invested in your success. They want to see you succeed and they can help you on that journey so that you can take a straight path instead of a meandering and, you know, well, eventually you'll get there. See, see, and people have to understand, too, that, you know, it's it's in your best interest to help people succeed. <laughs> so, so like, it, it's a win-win. You know, you're saving me me money and then you saving me money, I'm paying you. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing I will say, there's, there's some joy there. Um, let me give you just one quick example. There was a young man who came to me. He was just finishing up his degree, uh, going into pharmacy. And he said, I've been referred to you. He said, look, I have lived like a pauper for all through school. I have no money, none. But I'm going into my first job, which is like more money than I can imagine. And I don't want to blow it. I do think I want to retire early. I would like to get married at some point, but I want to I want to be responsible with my future. I don't want a lot of debt whenever. So that's where he started. Now, think about that. He's, he's in his last semester. And I said, well, let's just work together. Work to this guy. Oh, my gosh. I've worked with him for Oh, we're we're getting close to 25, 30 years. Oh, my gosh. That's that calendar thing again. Anyway, what I'm going to get you to is that he bought a piece of land that he really liked. He designed the house that he really wanted. He built the house. He bought another piece of land. He did marry late in life. He's traveled. He's spoke. He's had lots of positions. He's done different things. But as a part of that, it was always, hey, Something has changed here on tax law or, hey, there's this opportunity. Oh, did you do such and such? No. Well, because of this, we need to change this. So having somebody in the back, I got to see the vacant land to the house warming, Mm -hmm. to the getting married. And so from the advisor side of it, I get to see what happens in families. And I'll give one other quick one. Uh, There's a family that I have worked through ever since it began. And when I had gone into their home for some things, they had a picture on the wall. You know how y'all take those family pictures and they were eight by tens. And it started out with uh, the husband and wife and the four girls. Well, then the four girls started getting married and having kids and we still had eight by tens. And I went in the house a few years ago. I said, look, you got to give up on this eight by 10. I can't hardly tell who these people are anymore. You're going to have to bump up to a bigger picture. And but throughout when things have happened and working with that family and as things good, bad and different, you know, we were able to integrate that. So to me, there's a lot of joy in being able to see some of that progression, because that means that my efforts mattered into the generations. Does that make sense? 
total sense. So I can honestly say I have with great conviction what I do impacts generations. And I take a big responsibility for that. That's awesome. All right, give us a final word. Love, love, final word, final word, (laughs) final word, love, love, because if you can demonstrate love, love for what you do, love for the people around you, love for um, a skill that you're good at, you will change the world. So I would say love, demonstrate love, because it'll affect every other facet of your life. Okay, so. Let people know where they can find you. I know it's on, on the screen, but a bulk of the, of the listeners listen on the podcast. So they oh, can certainly. see in this. Well, I'm going to tell you, it'll also be in the show notes because Robert was very gracious about that. Yes. Uh, I'm very easy. AmyRoseHerrick.com. The other so, thing is that if you, spell just, spell if you put it this way, I am on so many pages that if you type in Amy, A-M-Y, Rose, Herrick, H-E-R-R-I-C-K, you cannot miss me. You will find me in an article. You will find me with a book for sale. You will find my website. So Amy Rose Eric, or go back to the show notes and don't forget to click that, you know, like button and subscribe so that you can continue to help Robert on his way to the 500 episodes yes. and to his audience. So, cause he's doing such a good job already. Oh, thank you. And you are right too. Cause I did Google you cause, um, I don't remember why. Oh, oh I think because I wanted your, to look at your about section on your website. So I did go, and you were everywhere. So <laughs> you were definitely not wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the best kept secret on many Google pages. Uh, uh, folks, I'll tell you, the bulk of my clients have come to me from uh, referrals. But I do, of course, get call-ins and, and different things because I, I do a variety. So I am approachable. You will also discover that the phone number there, at least for the time being, and we'll stay that way, that is my direct line. So if you look up Amy Rose Herrick and you dial that phone number, you're not going to get an automated recording. You may get a voice mail, but you're coming straight to me. Awesome. So I, I take it personally. If you're going to reach out, then I think that you need to speak to me. Now, there will reach a point where I don't have enough bandwidth to take some of those, but that's where we're at right now. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time to drop that knowledge. So I got a lot out of this episode myself. And um, yeah, this was awesome. So thank you. We'll schedule the next one. And you be blessed and audience, you be blessed in whatever you do. And I look forward to crossing your path again very soon. Absolutely. It might be sooner than you think. (laughs) All right. I'll see you. Take care. All right. That was Amy. And if you're catching this late, make sure you go back to the beginning because she dropped a whole lot of golden nuggets on this one. And this was great. So you guys know each episode, every guest just comes in with just a new and fresh perspective on what it means to prioritize yourself. And don't feel guilty about it. It's like you were put on this earth to do amazing things. So don't let people hold you back. Don't let your circumstances hold you back. Just figure out what it is you want to get out of this life and then figure out how you can make it happen. Great thing is you're not alone. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Amy. Again, amyroseherrick.com. There's plenty of people out there that can help guide you. So if you're unfulfilled, if you're unsatisfied, and if you're not living and working within your passion, reach out. 
So I got for you. I will be back tomorrow. Am I back tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow with another guest. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.